I figured that if I was going to be a priest, I would need to learn how to speak in front of other people. And so I took speech, not the class, but like the extracurricular activity. And one of our speech coaches in high school was named Sister Alberta. And Sister was also known affectionately by us as Mom. She had that maternal demeanor about herself, part of which meant that she meant business, mister. But she was very gracious about it. So when it was time for me to do this, what was called an expository address, means you explain something. So I decided that since I played the cornet in band, that I would explain as my speech how to play the cornet. And so I did all of this stuff and, and was talking this, that, or the other thing. And sister would go, mm-hmm, 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 wait a minute. And she'd say, what are you talking about? I don't understand what you're trying to say. Or sometimes she'd say, you're not loud enough. Sometimes she'd say, not in these words, but in our words, we understand this. You're pretty boring right now. What's going on? Sometimes she would say, you know, I think this is kind of starting to come together. And she worked and worked and worked with me, and it was great. I mean, she was a wonderful coach. I found success in speech, and it turned out to be really kind of enjoyable to be with her. But one thing that, that, that I want to say that I learned from this experience and her coaching was that she was offering me what we can call formation. I was being formed into a speaker who can stand in front of people like you now and just babble on and on and on and on. That formation was important. Now we're going to think about formation for just another little bit. Here's another example of formation that I'm going to use to take us into the gospel. Go all the way back to the second chapter in the book of Genesis, where God took a bunch of clay and he formed it into man. Ah, what, what was that? He formed it into man. And then he made nostrils and blew his breath, the breath of life, into him, causing him to be, animating him. But here's the key, friends, here's the key. God formed him, made him into not something, but someone, and it's implied would continue to form that individual or all human beings he created as they lived their lives. God forms us with the patience of Sister Alberta as well as with the persistence, shall we say, and calling us to get things right. Okay, why am I talking about this? Now, go into the gospel and remember the words, the last words that Deacon Jeff said. Jesus said to us, be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. As soon as I read that the first time, what I wanted to do was to take the book, close it up, put it away, and say, there's no way I can ever be perfect as God is perfect. 
And that would be true. But if we understand what he's saying to us today, be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect, we can approach it in this way, that God desires to form us to be an even more brilliant reflection of himself in the world today, not for his sake, but for yours and for mine. Remember, you were created in the image and likeness of God. That puts you way up there in terms of of creation. And the one who has been given more, more will be expected of him or her. This scripture reading, this gospel reading, supported by the other two, are forming us, calling us to perfection, to be like God in the world. Not that we are God, but to reflect him even better in terms of, of the image and likeness in which we were created. Now, if you don't like the word perfection and being perfected, fine, because in the book of Leviticus, the first reading, God said, be holy, for I am holy. This perfection thing, this being formed thing, is is, is calling us and forming us in holiness, the holiness of God. And it's for us right now, as I said, it's for the world right now, but you also have to think about this. You're being formed in holiness perfection in order to prepare you for eternity, in order to prepare you to live forever with God in heaven, seeing him face to face. See, that's why the bar is so high, and it really is high. We can listen to a gospel like we heard and say, that's unattainable. I mean, really? Really? Love your enemy? Really? Love your enemy? Really? Don't, don't exact retribution or revenge, eye for eye, tooth for tooth. Don't exact retribution or revenge on people. Really? Wait a minute, you, you hurt me. You really did a number on me. What? I can't get back at you? I can't pay you back? for what you did to me or my family or, or, or whatever. No revenge on other people. Wow. Somebody asks you for a cloak, give him more. In other words, be generous. Be really generous with other people, maybe with your stuff, but also with your, your attitude and, and your willingness to relate to other people. What about that person who is just great to you the wrong way? always have, always will, and it's never going to stop. They're just going to do it for the rest of their lives. Be generous with that person? Really? Yeah, really. And what about that person who always is asking you for something, and then asking you for more, and then asking for more, and then asking you for more? What about that person? Oh, yeah, walk the mile. Oh, 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 walk the extra mile. With that person, really? Re- that's what I. That's what you want me to do? Yeah. That's what he wants us to do. That's the way 
of perfection. That's the way of holiness. And that's why the bar is set so high. But the cool thing is this. Even though the bar is way up here, it doesn't mean that God is going to say, you do all that stuff, dust his hands, and walk away and just watch to see how you're doing. He doesn't act that way. He doesn't relate to us in that way. Rather, he says, you have me to help you, to form you, to cause you, if you will, to support you in doing what I'm asking you to do. You have me as food in the Eucharist. You have me as the word that you've heard and are hearing right now. You have me, the one who's on the cross, in that confessional when you go to confession. You have me to walk with you and encourage you and, and, and sometimes push you along in the ways that you relate to me in prayer. See, he doesn't just set the bar and walk away. He's totally with it and with us. And the other thing is, this gospel is really, in some ways, on-the-job training. We're going to learn as we do. We're going to learn from our failures. We're going to learn from the times that we say, yeah, I really think that I'm, I'm fulfilling what the Lord is asking here of me in this particular situation and circumstance. We will learn as we do because we aren't quite perfect yet. The other thing is sometimes, sometimes, I have to be honest, sometimes what Jesus is asking us to do will call us to sacrifice. Sacrifice to the point where it's going to hurt to one degree or another. Not because we have a God who wants us to be miserable, but we have a God who wants us to imitate him and imitate the sacrifice of Jesus on this cross. And if we're sacrificing, if we're on the cross, and sometimes we will be on the cross with Jesus, he will not leave us alone. He will not leave us alone. Sometimes we may feel that we're in a desert. And where am I going? What is going on here in my life? Why am I being asked to do this? We'll feel like we're wandering around in the desert. But every desert has an oasis. Every desert has a well with wonderful, delicious, luscious water to feed not only the body, but in this case, to feed the soul. If you're in a desert, there's an oasis in that desert that awaits you. Sometimes God peels away the world from us in these high bar kind of things that he asks us to do to prepare us for eternity to come. This is not the world's wisdom as St. Paul was reflecting on in the second reading today. This is God's wisdom. This is God's way. This is God's grace. And this is God's way of saying to you and to me that I made you 
and I made you just for these moments that you give, that you sacrifice, and that you're willing to give yourself away because of me. That's what this is about. Now, remember a few weeks ago, we heard the Beatitudes, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God, etc. Remember what we said, that Jesus was teaching the way to happiness. And ultimately, the way to happiness will be contradictory to the world's way of happiness. And ultimately, we will find happiness when we are with the Lord, when we are with God, when we are one with Him. Now get ready, I'm going to say something really outrageous and something I don't want to say because I don't want to do it, what I'm about to say. The way to happiness is what Jesus taught in this gospel as well. Giving, sacrificing, pouring yourself out, as did Jesus when he lived and walked among us and was on his cross. The reason why I don't want to say it is because it's challenging. <laughs> but remember, we, 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 our God is, is, is like Sister Alberta in the way that I described her. Kind, merciful, has some expectations, but always will get us there if we stick with him. Okay. We're leaving the Beatitudes. We're leaving the Sermon on the Mount now. Next weekend, first Sunday of Lent. So we've been primed over these past few weeks, getting us ready to enter into the season of Lent when Ash Wednesday begins this coming Wednesday. We have the teachings. Now we have the pilgrimage, the journey, and the season of Lent so that we will surrender ourselves to be perfected by God, to become perfect as God is perfect, to be holy as He is holy.